to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta. And this morning we have with us Blair. Welcome, Blair. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thanks, Danuta. Yeah, great to have you. Now, Lawson, of course, is not well again. We He was on the show yesterday, but unfortunately he was really finding that little bit hard. We're hoping that he will be better really soon. Something, you know, even last week he wasn't well. So you filled in last week, didn't you, for, right. for me because I was away. So That's now right. you're fitting it for Lawson. It's becoming like the hot seat there. Oh, it's good. I enjoy it. There's, there is a lot of viruses and sickness going around at the moment. So we think of those that are out there struggling with that. Absolutely. Hey, what are you grateful for this morning, Blair? Look, last night I had a meeting with my wife. We have a weekly meeting. team meeting. Yeah, team meeting. Kind of like a family team meeting. True. And we just plan our week out and, you know, talk through things that need to be addressed, house admin, stuff like that. Oh. And last night we set a plan for a couple of weeks to do, um, in a couple of weeks to go for a Camping trip together for a couple of days, so I'm really looking oh, forward to that. Oh, nice. Grateful for the chance to, yeah, get away sometimes out in the bush. Absolutely. Is that going to become a regular thing? Yeah, we, when we can. It's hard, you know, busy lives, but we, we, when we can, we grab time together. So That's the way. And look, there's some beautiful spots just close by near Newcastle. Absolutely. Aren't there? So, so, you know, my husband and I are kind of on the same page because we just recently invested in a rooftop tent oh, yes. onto the four-wheel drive. And over the long weekend, we went up the coast a little bit and tried out our new rooftop tent. That's awesome. So I'm right on with you. Out in nature, enjoying God's beauty. And finding ways to keep life balanced, isn't it? Because ministry has a way of just, you know, keeping you extra, extra busy, hey? That's right, yeah. But we're, whenever we can get out in nature and spend time together, it's a win. Absolutely. And you've got the little ease with you. So the tent's the way to go, not up on a rooftop on the car at all, because you can't get them up. That'll be just a real risk as well with them. Coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Lynette Moodley. She'll be talking on emotional health. In our new segment, we're looking at bushfires and also wild mushroom harvesting, which will be interesting. And in our Bible study, we're continuing with God's mission, my mission, becoming a blessing to the world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, what a cool song was that? Like, that was so happy to start off with. And that bass right at the end, like, I love really so fun, deep, so fun. good basses. Hey, Blair, take it away, please, with our first quiz question for this morning. Absolutely. The first question that we have for you is, in the book of Ephesians, it states that husbands should love their wives just as Christ also loved what? If you mm. think you know the answer, we'd like to invite you to text it in to 0491064669 uh, and you can go in the running to win our prize for the week, which are two amazing testimony books, uh, a book called Convicted and a book called Super, Tripping to the Supernatural. Fantastic books, both capturing some amazing testimonies of people. So that question again, uh, in the book of Ephesians, it states that husbands should love their wives just as Christ also loved what? What is it? If you That's think you know, it. text it through. 0491 064 
And the clue is, we occasionally give out clues, but the clue is we did cover it in our last series of Bible studies. There you go. So if it you've was been listening just along, <laughs> you, you, you got an advantage. That's right. There's no excuse for not knowing it. And we've already got texters coming in and giving the right answers, which well is done. really exciting. So, yes, text us in your answer on 0491 and you'll be in the running for the books Convicted and also the Into the Supernatural, of course. And we'll probably, sure, we'll probably play the little clip a bit later on, won't we? For the book Convicted. That one goes for about 30 or 40 seconds and um, it's really good. Hey, who are we going to go and say hi to this morning with our towns? Absolutely. We want to give a shout out to our listeners at Gunelabar, New South Wales on 88.0 FM. We love that if you're listening in today from Gunelabar, give us a text. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And um, I learned this morning that this is in Lismore. So it well, is. Yeah. It's an eastern suburb of Lismore, and both you and I were saying off air, hey, that we were thinking that it was probably a small town out rural somewhere, kind of in the middle of New South Wales. But it's not. It's got that feel, but yeah, great. It has got that feel, and so back, you know, and on the, one of the census, well, back in 2006, census, and I'm sure there's more now, but we can't seem to find the recent results. But basically, there, there would be probably around about 13 to 14 thousand people there these days, which is really quite large. Hey, hey just some texts coming through too already, which are really exciting. Freco says, you are sweet, Shell. Thank you for my song. So just before we start the show today, we had In the Sweet By and By, and that is Freco's favourite song. Shell knows that she was playing it, and Freco was listening in and picked up, and and so that's a big thank you there. We've already got texts coming through our, that with our answers to our quiz questions too, so that's really exciting. Hey, just some really good news. We love good news here, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, so some good news. Now, my question to you, Blair, is do you like mushrooms? I do. Oh! I do. Oh, you're surprised. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know why I react to that? Because so many people say they don't like mushrooms, and I love mushrooms. You too, Shell. Yeah. Do you? Okay, next one. I'm not going to cover it on this today, but do you like olives? I do. I like olives. Oh, I, you I love are olives. my friend. Give me a handshake here across. <laughs> <laughs> olives and mushrooms are just the absolute, Absolutely. absolute best. So, hey, when I was a child, when I was growing up, you know, and my mum taught us how to go mushroom picking. Okay. Fun. So, you know, my parents um, are from originally from Poland. And so in Poland during the wartime, one of their ways to survive too was to live, I mean, they lived off the land anyway. But one of the things they survived with too was, of course, with the mushrooms in the fields, in the forests. And so when they came to Australia here, of course, they had the, the big veggie gardens and things like that. But our mum taught us to go mushroom picking and there was a river down at the end of our street and my mum would teach me to even go feeling the mushrooms that you couldn't see on the top of the grass. She would actually teach me to also feel them with my feet mm. so I could actually feel them underneath the grass. And wow, when that's I would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I would move the grass aside a bit, and then I'd find the mushroom. Then one time we couldn't find mushrooms for ages, and I felt one under under my feet. I moved the grass, and then suddenly we just kept moving around because Mum said they're always close together. And, uh, you know, and suddenly we had this big bowl full of about forty mushrooms. Wow! From not finding anything to to this. 
and I love mushrooms. And then she'll take us to the forest sometimes and she would teach us, of course, to go and feel, um, you know, uh, look for the different mushrooms there that were safe and good. So here's a good story. Wild mushroom harvesting is actually happening in Mozambique in Africa. And the thing is, one of the key kind of types of mushrooms that they're, they're, they're looking at at the moment is the vivid orange Euculi, I think it's called. I think that's how you say it. And about five different other types of mushrooms. So why are they doing this? Here's the interesting thing. The indigenous people of Lamwe and Makua communities in Zimbabwe have traditionally basically harvested wild mushrooms. Mm. But now what's actually happening is, is that they are looking, there's a project manager who's actually looking at trying to help them to basically commercialize, uh, the, these mushrooms. In fact, let me just find here. Uh, the the project manager is Alessandro. Don't you love that name? That's amazing. Alessandro, Alessandro Fusari, the Mozambique project manager for Franco, Francois Summer Foundation International for the Wildlife Management, an organisation that co-manages Gili with uh, Mozambique's National Administration of Conservation Areas. And so here's the thing. These, this program is actually helping to keep trees standing. Now that is really important for a number of reasons. I'm going to come back to that, but the conversations, conversation, conservationists, sorry, mm-hmm. like I said, are actually working to commercialize, commercialize the mushrooms. And this is the first time that this is actually happening. It's a part way to actually protect the forests in the Gile National Park area. Mm. And basically, you know, the indigenous people have actually typically harvested about 46 different varieties mm. of mushrooms. Now, I have no, had no idea that you could actually get that many types of mushrooms, but you can, and here they do. And so, but they're actually focusing particularly on five different types. Now, the har- they harvest during the wet season which is around November to April, and the mushrooms are cleaned, they're uh, they're dried, they're transported to uh, Maputo, the capital, which is about 2,000 kilometres away, and they also then pack them and they're sold under the name, and you're going to love this um, shell as well, this is the brand name that they sell the mushrooms under. Super Mama. Oh yeah! <laughs> Don't you love that? That's Super awesome. Mama, because it's the indigenous ladies that are doing the mushroom picking. I that's think awesome. that's where the connect- Just connection. Just a nod, a nod to the <laughs> tradition. I love Absolutely, it. Absolutely, isn't it? So it is to protect the trees, and also they're finding that they're actually saying to the. Um, They've taught the indigenous, asked the indigenous ladies to not pull them up by the root. Cause typically mm-hmm. when you go mushroom picking, you pull it up by the, the root. Okay. But they're saying, no, cut it off. Cause then you've got the root. So it's going to sprout more, keep growing. keep growing more mushrooms. And therefore you've got the soil being really great for the growth of the trees, which of course then, you know, is really important for us to have the carbon dioxide and, you know, for our, our, our the whole atmosphere in every way. But also, here's the thing back, because there's the trees are being protected, it's also protecting the animals. So what kind of animals are there? There's the buffalo, there's the sable, there's the waterbuck, and also about 50, 50 elephants in this particular national park. And these animals were actually reintroduced after the, uh, after the civil war, uh, that happened in Mozambique from 1977 to 1992. 
So I love the fact that, you know, that this is really going forward. And I think of the verse where in, I'm going to read from Genesis 1:29, and it says this. Uh, it says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every sea whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. And I think God's just created everything for us to be out there, hasn't he, in every mm. kind of way? Absolutely. And I think, you know, you know, th- reflecting on that story, it's pretty cool to see the way that they've acknowledged, uh, you know, the, the traditional practices of the indigenous, but yeah. also just been creative about how to protect the environment and, and set, you know, things up for better for the future. So, ah, awesome story, really positive news. And I love hearing stuff like that when there's so many things that we could be sad about in the world. There are, wherever you look, mm. um, but we've got the opportunity to thank God for those things. So awesome. Great Absolutely story. stuff. Hey, great stuff. And um, yeah, like, if you ever go to Africa, you can go and try their mushrooms because oh, you there. like mushrooms. Super like, mama, sign me up. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Blake, it's come time for us to have our next quiz question, please. Absolutely, and this one is a quite an accessible question. So if you haven't answered some of the ones before because they've been a bit too hard, this might be the one for you today. It says, the question is, what Bible strongman lost his power when his long hair was cut off? Uh-huh. Which person is it? If you think you know the answer, you can text it through to 0491 and you can get your name in the running to win our amazing prizes. I'm super excited about these prizes. I've read one of them, uh, uh-huh. The Troop of the New Supernatural. Mm. Amazing story of Roger Morneau and how he came to Christ uh, as formerly being a uh, in a satanic cult. Yes. And um, and just as he was just going into that initiation process, being uh, saved by doing some Bible studies and just an amazing story. You've got to get your hands on it. Mm. And uh, the book Convicted is a great story as well. I haven't read this one, but I've looked into the memo. And um, he got convicted. Yeah, and then in he prison. Got, well, yeah, he got put in prison. And then in prison he studied the Bible and was convicted by God's Spirit. Absolutely. And an amazing testimony worth checking Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So yeah. that question again, Bible Strongman, what Bible Strongman lost his power um, when his long hair was cut off? Who was it? If you think you know, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's it, you know, and that's such a cool story, well known. And I've just noticed that Shell has actually just put on our ad for the one about the young juvenile who got convicted. Play it for us, please, Shell. He was a troublemaker, an angry kid with no reason to play by the rules. Then, on Halloween night, he got caught driving a getaway car loaded with cash, drugs and guns. Now, 16-year-old Andrew Mitchell is going behind bars for a long, long time. Yet it was in solitary confinement that he first tasted true freedom. One copy of the Living Bible in the hands of this very bored teenager had an effect that no one in his life expected. Read the whole story in the book, Convicted. Wow, there we go. It gives the whole overview. Did you like that? That was, that was like power packed. Hey, I thought that it? was just going to be someone reading the ad, but no, that no, was... <laughs> no. It's it's full in with that. Hey, just a quick text. Also, just we want to read, and then we'll keep on going. So interesting, Danuta. This is from Suzanne. So interesting, Danuta, to hear how your mum taught you to locate mushrooms, not only by sight but with your feet as well. Fascinating. 
A recent mushroom foraging program I attended didn't mention locating mushrooms with your feet. You might need to show them how to neuter. <laughs> yes, okay, may do, need to do sometime, but the key is not to have hard shoes on your feet so that there's a bit, bit of softness. You can feel that bounce underneath. You can start doing <laughs> workshops, Danita. I could. <laughs> and have them playing follow the leader. Hey, text us in if you like. Yesterday we asked you what foods you like. Text us in if you like mushrooms or what other types of food that are, you know, not necessarily liked by some people that you do like. Text us in. Shell's about to give us, tell us something. This is a very different show than when Lyle and Monica were hosting because they have, have like a whole religion against mushrooms. <laughs> oh, that's right. I do remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the good thing is the three of us are in. in yes. We're, oh, united, we're united here today. We, we believe in unity here. So that's great. So text us in. Hey, um, 0491064669 is the number. Hey, Blair, take away, please, your story for us. Absolutely. Please. Quite a few stories around the place, but, um, uh, you might have seen all of the, the news around the bushfires around Australia. Australia's on fire at the moment in, in various parts, crossing mm. WA and yelling out. We've got um, fires raging across southern uh, Queensland with uh, fire bans in place for 11 council areas. And we've got wow. fires in North New South Wales and the mid-coast. Uh, fortunately, those ones have just been downgraded to just to a watch and act. Uh, but we had um, churches and individuals, you know, running away from these things, of course. And, uh, yeah, you know, as we head into the bushfire season, we're probably going to expect to see more and more of these uh, things. It always kind of cranks up over the summer. Mm. Um, as, and we, we heard about the winds earlier on, which is always dry, hot, windy. Uh, these sorts of conditions can, can cause issues with the bushfires. Um, but it's yeah. an early start, isn't it, for it, the season, really? That's the is. biggest concern because That's right. everything's so dry. That's right. And what, you know, it makes us think what might be in, in store for the rest of the season. But, you know, when I was reading through the stories, uh, it made me think of Jesus when he warned of the increasing natural disasters and, and sorts of things, these signs that we would see in the yeah. natural world that would uh, be indicators that his return is near. Mm. And so absolutely, uh, when we when we see some of these catastrophic events taking place around the world, um, we can, it's, it's always tragic and there's always sadness. Very tragic. Um, but we can also take that glimmer of hope that uh, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Um, and in, in another uh, breaking story, not, this one not so, uh, well, this one is quite sad really. Uh, it's, uh, there's a former WA Upper House MP uh, by the name of James Hayward who has just been jailed for child sex offences. Uh, and essentially, uh, he's been sentenced to about three years in jail for sexually abusing a young girl. Uh, oh. But what makes this so tragic as well is that uh, it, this was all taking place while he was seeking election uh, to the state's upper house in an area of high publicity and responsibility. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was basically an incident where... Um, uh, it took place, and then that year, this this incident took place in uh, 2020, and in 21, 2021, the next year, uh, he was elected to the state parliament. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, in the National Party, but then abuses came to light later that year, and the National Party got rid of him straight away. They wouldn't have it. Mm. Um, 
with those sorts of which is a great thing which I is think. great they made yeah. a stand didn't Correct. they for what is morally right and Correct. that of course when you get into leadership role all the more we need to be re- representing what is morally right absolutely and following the law as well in this case we know too well not just in this case but we know that with people who are abused typically take a while to come forward exactly as well yeah. so it, it's likely that this was you know yeah, that, that this, this person was actually suffering so badly, was busting to say something, but of course, you know, as a victim, find it hard to come forward. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it, it does make me think, cause you're right, it, that in these situations, we hold people in leadership and publicity to a higher levels of accountability. Yes. As we should. I mean, and in, in biblical, you know, in biblical thinking, uh, you know, people, this is a biblical concept. Those who presume to teach, and this is in the context of the church, of course, or, or take a leadership position in church, will be judged more strictly. They, you know, they they held accountable to the light and the position that they have. Yes. And so, you know, we see that in the church, but also in the public secular realm, the same idea is there. Mm. Um, and so, this is, yeah, he he refused to resign from Parliament when these accusations were brought. Uh, he he said, not, um, you know, I, I basically he was saying that. Um, anyone in public office could be removed for an untested allegation. He was trying to claim his innocence. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, of course, he was convicted in a trial just last month, uh, a 10-day trial, and uh, he was automatically removed from Parliament because his offences carried the jail term. And, uh, yeah, it's believed that this is only the second time in WA's history that a sitting MP lost their position because they committed a crime. Yeah, wow. Well, so, we don't want any more to re- to do the same, no, hey? Kind of way. But at, at, sorry, go on. It's a good. It's not a good record to. No, to try, to not try to a get. good record. But you yeah. know what? It always surprises me too is how people that are guilty will actually, you know, say they're innocent uh, in every way. But what we do know, you know, well, in most cases, people always get found out, don't they? But the pain and suffering that people, the victims go through is incredible in in that in that phase. And so, um, you know, it's it's not a good outcome for him, but a good outcome certainly for for this lady, as well as the fact that you know, for Parliament to to actually show that they stand up for what is right. Absolutely. Um, and that way, we know that our leaders are that are leading in our nations and our states are actually, you know, leaders who are want to be upright, even even though they have their debates over politics. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're excited that we've got some great prizes this week. And, of course, those who answer the quiz questions go in the draw at quarter to nine on Friday morning for that. If you state it or star it, and some of you have put a star next to it, it means that you'd like to play, but you don't want to go in the draw. And that's great because the more we like to have coming through, the better. Uh, so take it away, please. Blair, number three. Absolutely. The next question, what human bone completes the meaning of the name Golgotha, the place of the blank. What is the blank word? Uh, Is it A, humerus, B, skull, C, lumbar vertebrae, or D, fibula? What human bone completes the meaning of the name Golgotha, the place of the... Mm-hmm. Blank. Blank. If you think you know, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and you can get your name in the draw to win those fantastic prizes. Absolutely great stuff. And look, I loved how you kind of went and that, and then you went blank, <laughs> but nobody can see you. <laughs> your hands went. But this, both hands went this way. That's right. And you it's talk like with your body. <laughs> our listeners uh. cannot see what you're doing. So <laughs> I'm glad you did put the word 
blank right there. 0491064669 is the number to text. I've been to that place, a great place, of course. Um, well, great place in the place of the significance mm. of it, or the place that is believed to be that, but the significance of it in the Bible is really crucial. Hey, right now we have Lynette Moodley on the line with us for our interview this morning. Good morning, Lynette. Good morning. Hello and welcome to our show. We're really glad that you can be on our show with us today. Thank you very much for having me, Danuka and Blair. Yeah, pleasure. And look, today um, we're going to be looking at emotional health. You'll be giving us some idea a bit more on what emotional health is and why emotional health is important. But before we go into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Okay. Um, I've, I'm actually... Uh, uh, in private practice in Hamilton in Newcastle. As uh, I trained as a, a psychologist started and then switched over to a, a social work. I identify as a, as a clinical social worker mm-hmm. and a resource therapist. And, um, yeah, I have a particular interest in health and well-being of individual, but in holistic health. Mm. And mm. in particular... I am uh, today's segment is going to be focusing on emotional health um, because I really do believe that, you know, in 3 John 2, uh, we are told, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Mm-hmm. Mm, love that word prosper. Hey, like God does want us to prosper and he wants us to have an abundant life. In, Absolutely. In- but, but he doesn't stop there. That, that verse goes on to say, even as thy soul prosper. Uh-huh. Yes. So this is just not about just having health in the body, but it's it's health in the soul. Mm-hmm. Can you unpack that for us more then? Well, yes, because when we think about health, we think about physical health, physical health, and we're really good at promoting how to look after the body. You know, we eat healthy and we exercise and we sleep well. And then we talk about social health, uh, you know, that we need to have good people we hang out with and good support networks. We, uh, we're so blessed to have uh, emphasis on spiritual health. We have one day in the week, the Sabbath day, that we get to to really fuel up spiritually. Um, I mean, we should be doing that every day. Mm. But we get one day to celebrate and fill the tank um, uh, and to nurture ourselves spiritually with God and with each other. Uh, mental health is certainly high on the agenda. We hear that so much about that these days. But for some reasons, emotional health seems to get a little bit neglected. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. Uh, but emotional health and mental health seem to be interchanged with each other. Mm. Uh, but in many ways, emotional health is part of our wiring, our design by God. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that a little later. So I have a particular interest because with over 35 years of counseling experience, I've come to realize that I'm honored and privileged and God has blessed me to sit in the space with suffering people. Mm-hmm. And I get to unpack that area really well with people. Mm-hmm. And- that space so that their soul may prosper. I, I love what you're saying there, Lynette, so the soul may prosper. And you said earlier too about the holistic health um, and, and in 
in many ways is it the, you know the fact that when one area suffers other areas then suffer mm. in our health like if we're out of balance in one area then it has a ripple effect to other areas totally and i think that when we neglect one area uh, that impacts all the other areas. So you can be exercising well, but if emotionally you're not doing okay, the exercise might take the edge off the emotions, but it's certainly going to leave you with some unresolved issues that upset. I don't necessarily think whether it upsets the balance, but it doesn't actually work in harmony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To bring the prospering soul to to bear. Yes, yes, right. And so really what you're saying is that our emotional side is actually just so crucial in every way and not just, not just when we're suffering. Because you're saying that you're seeing people when they're suffering, but our emotional health is important on a day to day basis to have attention to it every single day. Well, our emotions are made up of a range, you know. Suffering is maybe one element of it, but people who suffer also experience other emotions that are helpful emotions, you know, that suffering doesn't mean uh, it's necessarily bad. We, we live in a society that talks about emotions as positive, negative, bad, good. Mm-hmm. And so we actually don't provide the environment for people to express what they're suffering. Mm, uh, how they're suffering right. okay? because they think if they say they're carrying shame then that's sh- something they shouldn't talk about or if they're carrying grief they shouldn't talk about that you know so so I think it's important to understand that when God designed us, he designed us with all these emotions, with a range of emotions because they do serve a purpose. Even Jesus himself had a range of emotions, you know, compassion and anger. We see, you know, when he faced hypocrisy and injustice, there was righteous anger. He went through grief at Lazarus's tomb. He wept. You know, he experienced sadness. He experienced joy, awe, and wonder, right? Peace. But he mm. also experienced suffering. Mm. So I think when we talk about emotional health, it's important for us to understand that it's about having an emotional awareness. Mm. Yeah, Lynette. Your own. Like that. Your own. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting insight that you've just shared mm. around, you know, Jesus and how he did have that range of emotions and, and how he dealt with them. That's a really great model for us in how we can, I guess, you know, appreciate that all emotions are valid, that they should be, you know, understood, and then but then dealt with the right way. I was really interested by something you shared a little bit earlier. You said that often mental health and emotional health get kind mm-hmm. of conflated together and put mm. together in the same. You know, I think, I think that's true. I, I've often thought of them quite similar ways or heard them spoken about in quite similar ways. How would you distinguish from the two uh, and kind of separate them in your mind? So I think when we think about mental health, you know, we're thinking about all those mental processes that, uh, uh, you know, all our higher executive functions in the brain, right? You know, ability to make decisions, to manage our time, to uh, make deliberate and important choices. We think, you know, uh, God gave us the gift of uh, a choice, okay? Uh, some, uh, what we need to understand, there are some functions in the brain that actually uh, control those high-end um, 
uh, functions or uh, high-end uh, things that we do. A worship, God speaks to us through our frontal lobe, okay? So mm-hmm. it's so important for us to nurture those areas of our brain and all areas of health help us to do that, you know. Uh, but when we think of emotional health, emotional health sits in the amygdala and the limbic system of the brain. Now, we often store things there. And we don't process them. And so they're usually feelings that affect us over time, emotions that affect us over time. So we store that in the brain. And sometimes we try to compartmentalize the brain. Mm. So that's what leads to problems because we can do things from the frontal lobe so well, but then something triggers an emotion and then everything goes a little bit crazy. So I think it's important that we, when even for brain function, we function holistically. All parts of the brain are meant to function in harmony with each other for good health. Mm. And, you, and you mentioned with that, just, just, just as you were going into that, Lynette, something that really caught me is you said we need to nurture those areas of the brains. How can we do that? Well, I think it's important, firstly, to be able to not deny our emotions, okay? To not categorize them as bad and good. I rather use the terminology as helpful and unhelpful, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it's important for us to remember that what infects, I-N-F-E-C-T-S, affects, A-F-F-E-C-T-S, mm-hmm. Okay, and we see that, you know, conflict in the workplaces are often related to emotional issues. Okay, we see people leave churches because of emotional reasons. All right. Someone's hurt them. Someone's disappointed them. Right. We people marriage break breakups are often have the, the bedrock in that emotional space. Okay, because some need hasn't been met or there's been some disappointment. We sometimes put all emotions into two categories. We say it's either anxiety or depression. We call it that, but really when you peel back the layers of anxiety and depression, underneath all that, there could be disappointment, there could be rejection, there could be fear, there could be confusion. Mm. And I think so, I think you've touched on something really important there because we don't, yeah, we kind of look at it once it's gone that further part to what we call it anxiety and depression, but it's actually those little stepping stones that actually lead to that 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 you know we haven't dealt with or our, our environment around us keeps on throwing those things at us. Absolutely, and I think we we are meant to process those emotions, but somehow or the other. One, we may not be taught ourselves perhaps our own upbringing on how to do that. So we either get very stoic people uh, who don't want to express the emotions and think that's okay, or we get the other extreme of the spectrum where people just let loose of the emotions and that is so inappropriate as well, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think the important thing to remember is why is emotional health important? It's so important because it's often misidentified. Mm -hmm. Emotions can be misidentified. When someone's angry, they may not necessarily be angry. They might be quite disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's often emotions are mismanaged. You either have one extreme of lashing out or the other extreme of withdrawal and ruminating. Mm -hmm. 
both of which make you unwell, okay? Emotions can sometimes be misread. You know, we can judge people or assess that when someone is withdrawn or unfriendly, we may think that they're being not sociable, but they might be quite troubled. Mm. You know, and then we ignore it. Let's be honest. Emotions are messy stuff. Mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, some people like switch off if they see somebody being really emotional. They're just like, no, 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 I can't deal with this themselves. And they walk out and leave the person just like, blah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's messy. It's not, it's, you know, it's it's also hard to deal with because if we're, if we're not emotionally aware, we would struggle, right? I, uh, to deal with one our own, but also to help others. Mm. I, I really believe that God has called us to to really connect with him on this area, to understand his range of emotions. He's wired us up with emotions. I mean, what good is a clock without uh, a good clock without its energy? What good is a car with great accessories with no fuel, right? Mm. Emotions help fuel us. Mm, I like what you're saying. It, it's, it's fuel. And I, I would perhaps uh, like to round off by saying that they are probably how I understand God's purpose for the emotional health to be part of the holistic health and to be given recognition as well is, is designed with a, with several purposes. And I'm going to quickly just run through what those purposes are. Firstly, the purpose of emotions is meant to provide us with understanding of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. We can't begin to serve effectively if we don't even begin the work in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Okay? Number two, uh, emotions actually help us to adapt to our environment. So it has an adaptational aspect. We just came through, you know, three years of a fear with lots of fear in the environment. I don't think we even have started to uh, to help people deal with the impact of fear through the through COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're just starting to see that. So we saw a lot of adaptational issues during COVID and we'll still we still yet to see more. There's another element with with emotions. Emotions help us to communicate effectively. So it brings collectivity. Mm-hmm. It brings people together. Right. And God's very interested in us being together, not in the I mean, collectively together, really being together. So communication is what helps that and emotions help communication. Fourthly, you know, emotions actually cements bonds between people. Mm-hmm. So there's an interpersonal aspect to to emotions. Fifthly, emotions help with memory and learning, so it gives continuity. It also helps with our own personal development as individuals. It's the barometer for unmet needs. So if we are, you know, if we were in a building that was on fire, we, it will help us, motivate us to get out, right? Mm. Emotions do that. And it facilitates us to adapt to acceptable behavior uh, around our beliefs, values, and standards. So there's an ethical aspect to emotions as well. So what I'd like to say in conclusion is that this is not about 
saying one is bad and the other is good. This is about understanding that on our brain, we have millions of neural pathways and emotional pathways are laid from early childhood. But it also is an opportunity to look at how God wants us to rewire and to create new neural pathways. Um, and, you know, and Philippians says to us, be anxious about nothing. We hear this, right? Um in your anger, do not sin, as in Ephesians tells us that, right? So anger yeah. isn't a problem. It's what you do with it. Ab- okay? Absolutely, Lynette. We really appreciate what you've had to share with us. We're sorry we've run out of time, but That's we've it. absolutely appreciated your time with us, Lynette. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.